Welcome to the Power 30 podcast powered by InfoSync to power people, enabling them to maximize their success because we believe everyone deserves to be successful. Thank you guys so much for joining me, Devin and Crystal. Devin is our controller two, one of our controller twos here at InfoSync. And Crystal Allen is our vice president of FAO services. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Ashley, for having us today. So today we're gonna to talk about third-party delivery. Since the pandemic, we have seen third-party delivery take off in the restaurant space, but it's it seems to be a challenge for restaurant leaders today. And franchise owners are really having a hard time kind of getting their arms wrapped around this. So Devin, we'll start with you. Tell me a little bit why you think third-party is such a challenge for restaurant leaders. I think anytime you introduce any new service to to the industry, it's it's going to create issues. Uh, you know, uh, credit cards themselves took a long time to get where where they are now, and, and now we have deliveries, and they've they've expanded very rapidly um, and require a whole new set of reporting. Um, and and this and the uh, local municipalities and states keep changing the rules on on how each one of these. Delivery services should be handled. Delivery services keep consolidating uh, between each other, uh, and and we're always, you know, now we're adding ghost kitchens to everything. It's it's become real complex with all the different services that are being that are involved in the restaurant industry for deliveries. Right, a lot of moving pieces there. Crystal, what do you think? Do you have anything to add as far as what 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 challenges are you seeing with third party delivery and our clients and potential prospects? I think Devin hit on the main ones, you know, the rapid expansion, and he mentioned the the government changes, the the local and state legislative changes associated with them, consolidation of the vendors. So, but also I think the other big piece that we've seen is there's not always a sophisticated reporting tool that connects the marketplace facilitator information back to the point of sale system. I think that's where, in addition to all of the legal changes that are happening and ongoing, there's also a technology component. Right, so those systems aren't integrating well together, which is common in the restaurant space when you're working out of, you know, point of sale back of house and now you're adding third party delivery to that. It's just made, it's exacerbated the um, challenge Walk me through, Crystal, walk me through third-party delivery and that process and what what specific piece is so challenging or maybe hard for accounting teams to really understand? Kind of way to look at it. I think the, the biggest gaps that we've seen is around the accounts receivable, how that is, how the delivery fees and services and those funds that are received are credited back to the correct general ledger account. We've seen a lot of challenges there. We've also seen some challenges in the sales and taxation space, making sure that if that integration isn't there, that you have a really good policy of how you're reducing taxes appropriately. Um, we've also seen some challenges around tips. Um, so the, tip, the, the tips that are need to be reported accurately for payroll taxation, are those, how do those come in from the third parties? How do they get to the people that perform the work correctly and then onto their payroll tax in a correct manner? And, and Devin may have seen more of it as well, but those are the main things that I've, I've recognized. 
Yeah, I, I agree with what Crystal's saying. A lot of it comes back to you have to have you have two data points that you have to compare against each other. You have your POS system and the reporting that comes from the delivery company, and you have your transaction totals, your fees for each transaction, your sales tax for each transaction, and the tips, and how that is handled on each store or each client can, can vary uh, between between each client. Um, and that's part of what makes it hard is is making sure that you have accurate reporting to compare against each other and know how to use that reporting to reconcile the receivable and the sales tax liability. Great. And and as I'm thinking third party delivery and I'm thinking about point of sale, you know, if you miss ring something in or if an order is canceled. I imagine that wreaks havoc on the accounting side when you're trying to reconcile the difference between what third party says you're selling and what point of sale says you're selling, correct? Absolutely. We we definitely have clients where where they're not integrated with what these delivery services and these order adjustments or cancellations happen and they're not being reported in their store's POS system and they're over reporting the receivables. Um, and that definitely creates issues on the accounting side. And there, I've definitely seen clients where I can one to one say, "Oh, you ring up this order as Grubhub, but it really looks like it was supposed to be Uber activity." Right. So, so we, you know, we've talked about these challenges, but what? Talk to me a little bit about um, some best practices. What can accounting teams do to really help with the? challenge of third-party delivery reconciliation um i mean i know crystal that you you're working with our teams to develop some best practices so so talk to me a little bit about what those look like yeah i think actually the, the best practices really start at the very first piece of deciding that you're going to engage with a third-party delivery service right even before you get accounting involved from a business perspective when you're making that decision that I'm going to use a third-party delivery service. The vendor that you choose to help you do that integration is absolutely critical. There are some that have tablets where you have to go in and key the same sales that they have. That is not ideal because it means that somebody has to make sure they're keying the exact same order. There's others that do have electronic feeds. So looking at what you're selecting and how that third-party service feeds into your point of sales system is absolutely, it is very, very critical. The second thing, even before it gets to accounting, is making sure that profile in your third-party system is complete and accurate. If you don't have that profile set up correctly, it can lead to downstream impacts. Things that may seem simple, such as your hours of operation or your different locations, making sure that that profile that you maintain in your third-party system is complete and accurate is really very important from the start, and then that it's maintained. A big piece that we've seen that's not always maintained is when there's changes in menu prices. So Devin mentioned, you know, the fact that it would bring up as Grubhub versus Uber, but we also see sometimes where you have a, a menu item that maybe in a point of sale system is $12, but in the third party delivery service, it's $11.50. And that will cause issues as well. Uh, there's many more. I'll let Devin speak to a few that he sees more on the, the GL mapping or more of the detailed accounting pieces. Um, yeah, I I really like what you were talking about with the with the feeds. Um, you know, I I've had clients where 
they've ring up DoorDash receivable at a store level that was never even delivery activity because the employees were ringing up uh, cash orders in the store and then tendering them out as a delivery and, and the employees stole thousands of dollars from this store for a few months and, and no one even knew because they weren't using an integrated feed. Um, and on the, on the GL side um, in mapping, uh, really a lot of it comes down to, to making sure that when we get the data from our clients that we have the breakout that shows us here is the receivable for Grubhub on this day for this store, and it does the same thing for any delivery service that they use. So that way we can then compare that data against the data that we get from the uh, delivery processors uh, to, to see how far off we are in any given day. And, and very rarely is, is it doesn't match. You know, there are a lot of menu pricing issues. There are a lot of order adjustments, even with integration. I, and I've not seen things get perfect, but they are, they've definitely been better uh, than clients that do not integrate with these delivery services. And, and adding up to the, uh, going back to the maintaining your accounts, a lot, of, a lot of clients, whenever they add a new location to that delivery service, they have to communicate with the delivery service to add that store to the reporting. Each time they add a new location, we have these these logins to download the reporting, but if they add a new location and don't tell them to add it to the logins, then we won't have that reporting and know that the that the um, activity activity is even existing from the processor side. You know, Devin, you mentioned fees, and I think you know the obviously there's a cost benefit cost and a benefit ratio to using third party delivery suite, delivery services, but a big piece that we've also seen is. You know, how do you get those funds? How do you get those funds? And then how do you make sure that you have a dispute process when there's something that hasn't been delivered? So I want to talk a little bit about ACH funding and maybe we can talk about disputing refunds as well. But we've also noticed that there are those kitchens, I think Devin mentioned at the start of the conversation. If they're writing checks, they usually will not reissue those checks. And so it's very, very critical that when you're doing that initial setup, you really have ACH funding versus check. And we've seen a lot of challenges around checks not being deposited timely, and then the third-party vendors will not oftentimes recut those checks. So it's very important that you have ACH funding in place. In addition, Devin mentioned the locations getting set up. Having them on the same funding schedule can really simplify your reconciliations as well. If you have different funding schedules, that becomes much more complex. And and you mentioned disputing refunds. Um, I, I mean, how does that work when with third party? Yeah, so um, the third party, you know, if, if you've ever used it, who hasn't at this point used Uber Eats or Grubhub or one of those DoorDashes? When you use them, if, if you don't get your order as you anticipated, you have the option to you know make a complaint and get a partial refund or and sometimes a full refund. If that full refund is issued, really it shouldn't be because you did get part of your food, right? Or, you know, maybe maybe the restaurant says, no, I, I did it correctly. I know that I packaged that correctly. So DoorDash should eat that cost, not my, not my kitchen. And so there is an option, and it's often overlooked, that you can dispute those refunds and those credits. And so if you don't have a mechanism in place of reviewing that information to make sure that you're not getting inaccurately reduced, you could have revenue loss there. That is something that InfoSync has just recently started to offer as an additional service as well. Great. 
So, um, and that's the perfect segue into my next question, Crystal, which was going to be, um, I mean, well, first, those are great best practice tips, but InfoSync obviously does accounting and payroll for multi-unit companies heavy in the restaurant industry. What services are we offering when it comes to third-party delivery? Yes, I think that, um, you know, we, we started this call by saying they've had so much change in the last few years, right? And so if we have long-standing clients, we haven't necessarily had this as a service offering because it wasn't really a, a, a large demand a couple of years ago. Um, we've kind of informally started doing some services, but we're really doing a review of the best practices around third-party delivery. What should it look like? What's ideal from a service offering? And, and really trying to, to, to put together a better, a better uh, offering, more comprehensive offering to our clients. So currently, we do offer reconciliation services. Third-party delivery would be one of those, which is where you're know, trying to prevent that fraud that Devin mentioned earlier. So you're taking the information from the sales from the third party vendor and matching that back to your sales and saying do these match are there disconnects if there are disconnects working with the client to determine why you have those disconnects um we also do um recently started offering the dispute resolution where we would go in on the client's behalf and review the, the review the credits and the refunds that have been issued and determine if they're excessive and if so start that dispute process so, Devin, I'm, I'm going to speak to you as a controller, too, because I know that you're really in the weeds on this. Um, but I'm just thinking about how complex multi-unit accounting is already and the manpower it takes to get your close period done on time and all of the pieces that come with operating multiple units. But then you add this third-party piece and you're doing the reconciliation and you're comparing the information, the data from two systems. I can't imagine as an accounting team, especially if you weren't outsourcing to somebody like InfoSync, the amount of man hours it would take just to complete reconciliation each month. I mean, is that accurate? What have you seen? Is that a huge lift from the accounting side? I would say a lot of it comes back to the setup and how the process is handled. You know connecting with your provider, making sure that you're doing the ACH funding, making sure you're getting reporting for all your locations and making sure you have the receivable breakout um, on the POS side. If you if you understand the taxable piece, the processor side, the receivable side, uh, if, you, if you can get all those pieces working correctly and then you can, you can use that to to research your your differences between the systems, the the reconciliation process gets a lot easier the better the setup is and the more time you invest working the process you know the part of the problem is is, is since this expanded so rapidly um during a time where, where restaurants were struggling a lot of restaurants started this activity but they didn't put any resources into how to research or solve problems related to deliveries um, and, and the more time that they can invest into it the earlier on, the better it's going to make it later on. Right. But we're still looking at a dedicated person for third party reconciliation with an in-house accounting team. Right. Um, yeah, for the most part, it, it definitely does take on the in-house accounting team. We definitely have staff that has some expertise related to deliveries and, and without that experience and knowledge, it's not something that is easy to do. Right, right. Well, great. 
Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, I think that those best practice tips were great. For our audience, if you want more information, you can go to the description in the podcast episode and download our free guide about best practices for third-party delivery. Thank you for listening to our monthly podcast. If you have a topic or question for our industry experts, you can shoot us an email at hello at issvc.com. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on our website at www.issvc.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. This was Power 30, and I am Ashley Dameron, your host, podcast producer, and marketing and communications manager for InfoSync to power people, enabling them to maximize their success.